Welcome back to the Trailie Podcast. This is your host, Kelly, and in this episode, I interview Jessica Alexander. We talk about an upcoming trip of hers to Arkansas, how she got into backpacking, and then she also gave us lots of tips and tricks for beginners. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Cool. <laughs> this is way different than doing it on the phone. I know. So much better, too, so much I nicer, think. Yeah. yeah. So much easier to yeah. set up. Um, so I guess I, I'll go ahead and have you start by saying your name and your pronouns. My name is Jessica Alexander, and I live in Austin, Texas, and she, her. Okay, great. Um, so do you want to start by telling me a little bit about kind of like your background and what you're doing now? So I have been an outdoor person my entire life. Um, I was brought up through Girl Scouts and was really involved in like various community service oriented um, recycling projects, just general camping and outdoor activities growing up. And uh, it kind of stuck with me. And as an adult, I've kind of found myself spending more and more time on my bicycle. And uh, a couple of years ago, I found out about bike camping, which essentially is combining cycling and camping together on the same trip. And um, I guess really it's kind of changed my life and has become more of my lifestyle and it's the style of transportation as well as enjoying outdoors that I prefer now. Yeah, that's great. And so I understand you have a trip coming up very soon. Actually leaving this week, um, week. going this week to Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh And uh, there is a um, Adventure Cycling Association publishes maps of of rides all over the United States. And they have a route that does a 242 mile loop um, starting and ending in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, what's really cool about that is that it's about 50% road, 50% gravel. So you get this really nice mix of different textures of road um, and it just kind of traverses through the Ozarks in this really nice big um, circular fashion and I'm really excited about it. I've never been to the Ozarks before and I get to visit a couple different national uh, forests. Yeah, that's really awesome. And so what inspired this trip? I have always wanted to explore other states further. Having lived in Texas most of my life, I've spent most of my time exploring in Texas and Arkansas is our neighbor and it's very beautiful and I actually got a taste of Arkansas on my last bikepacking trip Mm -hmm. which was in July. Um, Pro tip, do not travel in Texas in July. (laughs) It's just generally not a great idea. Um, I fell up to the task but but Arkansas is very beautiful in July albeit Mm -hmm. very warm as well and um, I just fell in love with how beautiful it was and decided that I need to explore the state further and so it seemed like a 242 mile loop uh, starting and ending in the same place was a great idea. Yeah, so how long will that take you? Or how many nights or days are you planning for? Uh, it's been done in anything from like three days to a week and I'm looking at uh, five nights and six days okay. um, which averages to about 45 miles a day. And um, it's a lot, but then you have to also factor in two really important things that a lot of people that are even experienced bikepackers, but are newer to cycling, don't really think about is uh, the amount of climbing that's involved, which um, cycling in Texas and Austin, in the Austin area rather, is relatively flat. We have a little bit of elevation, but on my average ride, it's like a thousand feet of climbing for 30 miles. 
I'm gonna have a couple days of 5,000 feet of climbing and 40 miles. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be pretty intense. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, I'm gonna be on a bike that's weighed down with about 20, 25 pounds of gear. I'm not really good on estimating weight, so maybe, I mean, I, I know you picked up my bike yeah. earlier to check out the weight. Did yeah. you have an idea of how heavy you thought it might have been? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I would think it was maybe around like 20-ish okay. pounds, but I know you still have some more gear to add on. Sure, so. So, so 20-pound bike and then, you know, maybe 10, 15 pounds of gear, and then I'll probably add another um, five pounds of gear. So yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. So you factor those two things in, the climbing and the bike weight, and then it does become more of a, not necessarily overwhelming, but kind of a oh, challenge. Yeah, definitely going to be strenuous, but yeah. at least it's not going to be as hot. So that's yeah. nice. Yeah, that is great. And how much uh, like planning and preparation has gone into this trip? It's really interesting. Um, I feel like every bikepacking trip is a little different. So some trips you are, for example, like if I just go on a um, an S24, which is kind of like what we call our like our sub 24 hour trips, overnight trips. Um, sometimes I'll just throw stuff in a bag and just go and not worry about it. And then um, other times, like longer trips, such as this one, which is going to be a, a whole weekday, a whole week. Um, I put in about an hour of planning per day that I'm traveling. So five hours um, thus far, and then probably another five hours of packing and repacking gear um, because the, the space constraints of your situation, your bike are very tight. So, you know, you'll find something that works and then it's like, oh, that doesn't work. And so you'll unpack everything and you'll repack it. So I'm predicting for this five day trip or six day, five night trip for it to be probably about 10 hours of planning. Which I guess is not too much, but I had already been to Arkansas, so I kind of had an idea, and the route has already been provided for me yeah. through the ACA. Yeah, so that's so that huge, easy. absolutely. Yeah. Routing is one of the hardest parts of bike packing and bike touring because yeah. it's often fun to look at routes that have already been done, but it's also fun to make your own route and figure out places that haven't been explored yet or have been, you know, the roads that have least been traveled. So it just depends on what kind of adventure as well as like what kind of bike setup you're traveling with. And then I guess if you're looking for a bikepacking or bike touring route to go on, is there like a database you kind of look at to like look up what other people have done or kind of how do you get like ideas or inspiration or routes to follow? So, so yeah, there's a wonderful website called bikepacking.com and they are essentially kind of the go-to site for anything related to bikepacking or bike touring. Mm -hmm. uh, they have all the routes um, organized, um, not only in the United States, but all over the world by region. So just pick the region you're interested in traveling and then they'll have all these routes that have been either reader suggested and, and um, inserted into the website or some of the staff members have been like this is a ride that I really recommend um, for example like riding the continental divide that's just kind of one of those things that everybody at some point that's into long distance touring is interested in doing so that's kind of a given that it's on there um, but yeah it's just bikepacking.com and they're all organized by uh, region and then after that you can filter them by level of difficulty mileage um, and there's always other little factors as well but usually you want to really focus on the distance and the region when you start to look at your trip um, and then it kind of falls in place from there okay. and then i guess maybe let's take a step back and dive into how you first got into bike packing sure. and kind of like your beginning experiences and what made you like enjoy it so much <laughs> 
It's a uh, bikepacking is is wonderful, and my first experiences were probably not as wonderful as uh, you would probably guess. Um, a lot of people in Texas like to hammock camp, and that was suggested to me as my first uh, bikepacking experience. So I took a hammock and put it in a backpack, and you know made sure I had like enough ready to go food and. You know, we rode out to our state park that's eight miles from where we're sitting right now, and I had a great time, but I never quite was shown how to sleep in a hammock um, or the importance of a bug net. So, (laughs) especially in Texas. (laughs) And so I did not sleep very well, and I definitely got a little couple little bites through my sleep through my sleeping situation. Um, But I was I was really intrigued because the idea of being able to self-propel yourself with your own power and carry all your gear with you, to me, it kind of took out all the, the, the challenges of, okay, I need to get gas in my vehicle, or okay, will all my gear fit in my car, or okay, am I even gonna be able to get that far tonight before I have to stay in a hotel room? And so with bikepacking, you really just are able to design your route and so I started doing longer trips and um, there was a wonderful group um, here in Austin based out of a, a local cycling shop, um, Cycle East, and they're located on the east side. Uh, they have a, um, a camp crew, which I think it's public on Facebook, but it's just, um, if you look up a hashtag Cycle East Camp Crew, um, and that basically is kind of this little group of folks that we all organize the trip and then we, say okay we're gonna ride to this state park and this state park and you know we're gonna throw in five dollars or ten dollars to cover entrance fee and um, firewood so I started going on those trips with those groups Mm -hmm. and meeting more people and learning more about gear and borrowing gear and then eventually slowly buying gear and finally I felt like okay I can do this on my own and start making my own routes and it's been great so far Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm finally kind of getting my my footing down better and feeling a little bit more comfortable and doing trips, especially yeah. by myself. Mm-hmm. And what was your first trip by yourself? So my first trip by myself um, was actually probably McKinney Falls. Um, I really like a the proximity to where we are, um, and and that makes it neat because if something goes wrong, you're not far from an yeah. Uber or a pizza place yeah, and or and cell phone service. And cell phone service. Fairly close to home Absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's one that like I'll do actually pretty often, um, even even in kind of the pandemic times, if I see an opening and I'm like, I just want to get away and, you know, I can literally be there in a 40 to 60 minute ride right. and set up and go swim if it's warm enough yeah. or even if it's not warm enough and just ride around the park and there's hiking trails there and it's just really nice to have that that break and you know they're the, the state parks in texas are doing a really good job of um enforcing social distance practices by not allowing all campsites to be filled yeah. so that gives a really nice feeling of a true camp experience where you're not going to see somebody at least in like a camping situation so yeah. That's kind of my favorite um, trip to do on my own. But um, this next trip that I'm going to be doing um, this week um, is mostly going to be by myself as well. So, which is going to be kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excited. Yeah. Um, so, what advice do you have to somebody who's looking to get into bikepacking? Who maybe they've been biking, they've been camping, but they've never put the two together. So, I think the best advice that I have is probably do your research. Um, And there is quite a bit of research out there, but 
really have an idea for what you're wanting to accomplish from it. Because for some people, they're like, I just want to be able to ride my bike 30 miles without stopping or uh, 30 miles with two panniers. Um, or, you know, I've always wanted to ride to the state park or this hip camp. Um, so usually have a, a distance and a um, set place in mind that you want to go to and then start to think about the kind of gear that you might need. Um, and for somebody who's just getting into it, there really isn't a lot of gear needed. Um, in Texas, there are places that go, where you go camping where there are trees accessible. Um, hammock camping is really the lightest and most affordable way to get into bike packing. Um, I mean, most hammocks um, fold into the size of a softball, so you can easily not even need a, a special bag attached to your bike for that. You could throw that in a backpack or just clip it on your belt. Um, and then, um, you know, use bikepacking.com as a resource as well. They've got lots of great um, bikepacking hacks where you can get away with just buying a dry bag and taking some nylon um, camp string or rope and cinch down a dry bag to your handlebars and then have storage for if you wanted to put a sleeping bag or your clothing, um, anything that you want to stay dry, electronics. Um, and you can also do the same kind of situation to the back of your seat. Um, and both options give you the opportunity to go enjoy nature and spend like maybe $30. So, um, yeah, and if you don't feel like you're up for an adventure, uh, there's lots of people, especially during the pandemic, that have done bikepacking in their backyard. Yeah. So you can go out and go for a ride in your neighborhood, carry your stuff with you, and then yeah. set up your gear in the in the backyard or your neighbor's backyard. Yeah. You know, it's a perfect social distance activity. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like tell yourself, well, I'm not going inside for anything unless, yeah. I guess, if you have to use the restroom or, you know, if you really want to take a shower, but, you know, yeah. just get that experience and get confident and being able to set up your tent, maybe even in the dark or, you know, if it's cold enough, making a fire with like yeah. minimal um, tools, you know, just kind right. of use your available resources. So, you know, just, just see where your camp skills are. You know, I guess yeah, that's a good thing sure. to keep in mind, whether you're bikepacking or just doing regular car backpacking. Yeah, as you can yeah. practice it at home. Practice it at home and it's cheap that way. But I also like the idea of actually like putting all the gear on your bike and even just like taking a ride around the neighborhood just to like see what it feels like yeah. and to work out the kinks, you know, a because absolutely. that doesn't really cost you anything yeah. or like, you know, it will take time out of your day, but it's just like, the same as going for a regular bike ride. You just have all this weight strapped on. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the one thing that um, as you get more into bikepacking, you have to really consider um, trying out the gear before you do a longer trip. So yeah. you came over a little bit earlier before we got started here and I've yeah. got my new tent set up. And so you're checking it out, making sure that I'm able to set it up on my own. Yeah. And will I be able to you know, break it down in the dark? Like these are all things that you, again, all the preparation ahead of time makes for a successful trip once you get going on the road. So, I mean, that's part of the fun is like learning the skills. And um, also because you are on your bike, and this is probably the one thing that a lot of beginners will forget too, or newer uh, bike packers, is just make sure that you're taking care of your bike and what type of bike you're using. So know how to change a flat, um, bring a tool kit to change a flat and maybe even like a small little hand pump. So, yeah. you know, who knows, you may be somewhere where there's nowhere to get air in your tire and you don't want that to ruin your ride. Right. Um, especially since there's going to be more weight on your bike. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, those are all great skills that even if you don't feel comfortable traveling right now, or you're looking to 
find something to work on until you can save some time off to get off work to go camp you know work on those skills get good at them and then when you combine the two you're not going to be overwhelmed or stressed out when you realize oh I forgot this one thing that I needed and now I can't change my flat (laughs) so and um, I guess what are some gear items that you would bring backpacking that you might not bring regular camping that's a good question. So um, bikepacking is, is pretty similar to backpacking. Most bikepackers want to go for minimal gear, ultralight, um, you know, any of those kind of buzzwords, like the lighter the better. Yeah. Um, and the same thing's gonna go for bikepacking. Um, there's two different distinct styles, and I think a lot of people kind of assume that both styles are interchangeable, and I guess you can say that that's true, but some people will refer to bike touring um, as a different mechanism for bike travel versus bike packing, and bike packing is actually what most people think of when we put bags on our bikes, and um, they are lined up with the frame, so that makes the bike a little bit lighter and a little bit more aerodynamic, so you can actually go faster. Um, and then the traditional bike touring setup is more of like the pannier style where you've got bags actually hooked onto your bike that are going to kind of hang over the edges. Um, and those tend to be a little bit heavier as well as fit more stuff. So there's kind of that trade-off there. Um, exactly. But generally, you definitely want to think of two things. You want to think of bags that are um, going to fit very nicely on your bike so they're not going to be hanging or possibly caught in your wheels or anything like that. Um, or even a short trip, a backpack, you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, lights, especially if you're going to be traveling at dusk or dawn or, you know, places that, um, don't really have good illumination, which most parks don't. And what, what's great about bike lights is they double up greatly for setting up your campsite. So if you don't own a headlamp, there you go. You've got a set of lights on your bike already ready to help you set up your gear. Um, a sleeping arrangement of some sort. So I mentioned hammock camping, but you can also do a tent. There's plenty of people out there that are crazy enough to just set up their sleeping bag in the open air and throw a tarp over it and call it. And that's totally acceptable. You know, whatever your level of comfort is. Personally scared of bugs. So especially in Texas, we have a lot of bugs here. Um, and then, and then lastly, uh, food and kind of what your requirements would be, um, you know, a lot of, uh, bike packers, much like you would with, um, backpacking do dehydrated foods. Um, and that's something when you car camp, you know, you're not really going to see that because you actually can carry all of the, the, the things that you would need that might weigh a lot or that might be a little bit messier. But with bikepacking, you're often, you know, think of like stuffing all your food in a stuff sack and then stuffing that into another bag that's going to get stuffed on your bike. So there's really not a lot of things that can look super good when you stuff them down that much. So kind of thinking through what your nutrition requirements are going to need, which oftentimes they're pretty high because you're going to be expelling a lot of calories versus your normal bike ride. Um, And then also along with food, um, it goes without saying, like making sure you have plenty of fluids. So definitely a way to carry water. And I guess, how do you go about refilling water during bikepacking trips? Like I know a lot of, most state parks have water spigots, but let's say you aren't staying at a state park. Right, right. You know, there isn't really a lot of like clean rivers or streams we want to be filtering water from right. sometimes. Um, so how do you kind of like plan and prepare for like water and having enough water? That is a great question. So there's 
really two tricks that I've kind of found that work for me, but I haven't experienced these particular situations as often. But um, there's plenty of small portable water filters out there that you can find at places like REI or really kind of any outdoor store um, that are super portable and pocket-sized. And something like that is crucial because absolutely when you're traveling, you don't want to just help yourself to whatever fresh, fresh, quote unquote, fresh water you see while you're traveling yeah. because you just never know what type of bacteria or runoff may lead in that water. Yeah. So a small water filter system will help you be able to filter water quickly. Um, and hopefully you're carrying a water bottle um, or some kind of, you know, nagling bottle. Some way, some way you can carry your water um, and squeeze that water and filter it through. Um, and then the other thing that I like to do is carry like a, just a camelback bladder and I've got one that I believe holds I want to say three liters of water and it's really more of an emergency thing but essentially like as I do get a store stop or I know that I may not have access to water for two or three days I fill it up as far as I can and then plan on refilling the rest of my water situations with water that I find on the way if that's possible or just making sure that anytime there's water that I'm refilling those because you know your water needs are definitely going to be higher than somebody that's like car camping per se. Yeah, for sure because you're moving throughout the day. And yeah, even if you're not sweating, you're yeah. still going to need that water. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, great. And then let's see. What are some good beginner trips around Austin? I know you mentioned McKinney Falls as one. So the other places that I like in town are generally going to be um, private land. Mm -hmm. We don't have a lot of public land in Texas. Right. In fact, I don't think we have. It's like 3%. 3%. So it's like tiny. And I think <laughs> and most of it's in West Texas. In West Texas, absolutely. So um, there's a website that I really like um, called hipcamp.com. And um, you can just basically say what area you want to go to and, and filter through for tent camping. You always want to make sure that you let them know that you're tent camping because some places obviously won't like tents. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can always put in the instructions that will be coming through on bikes so they know that, that you're going to be coming in a more um, non-traditional sense. Uh, but I love that there's so many options that are very close by. Um, in fact, Carson Creek Ranch, which... Is a, is a true working ranch, but um, it also has hosted music festivals in the past. Um, that's a really popular spot. They actually have yurts there as well. So um, that's a kind of a cool spot. Um, there are also uh, some, we have regional parks as well. Yeah, so we have, like the LCRA, we have the LCRA, Travis County Parks. Travis County parks. Yeah, and you just always wanna do your research and make sure that you look first to find out when their camping is available right. and do you have to pay online because yeah. that's the thing that I found with state parks is that you know everything should be done online so this the transition going into the park is seamless when you arrive there. Mm -hmm. And then also I know like some Travis County parks are also cash only too. Yeah absolutely the, yeah, the best you can do is um, figure out all that information before you go and what I like to do as well is um, assume, always assume when you're traveling that you aren't going to have cell service. So any work you can do on the front end to either take screenshots or, you know, maybe even be old school if you had to. And if there's something specific you need to know, print it out and have it in a waterproof bag or a Ziploc, just to make sure that if something comes down, maybe you lose your phone, maybe your phone doesn't have service that you're not like, I don't remember how to get where I'm going and, yeah. you know, cause yourself to not have as good of a trip. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
And I guess, how do you feel being a woman has affected your experience in the outdoor world, whether it was bikepacking or doing other outdoor activities? That's, that's interesting to think about. Um, I actually only really think about this question or this experience when I'm traveling with men. And I think what I've experienced, and I even asked men other, like I asked men this question, where, what's your experience like? And a lot of them will tell me that generally when they have an issue or, you know, they're in need, that people are less likely to help them or to stop or to inquire versus any time that I've been traveling, whether I was alone or with a female travel companion, almost every time yeah. without going, especially when I was in Arkansas, people will stop and ask if I need help. And I'm talking about even during like a pandemic time, people are still like, somebody looks like they're in distress. Is there any way that we can help or get assistance for you? Um, so I always expected the response when I'm traveling alone to be the opposite where there would be more of the fear factor and oh I really don't want anybody to talk to me right. while I'm traveling and that goes for any type of traveling really but I think the response has for me personally been very positive where people are always especially when I'm bikepacking very curious about where I'm going um, what I'm doing uh, why I have all the things that I have um, and I think that's great because it's a really cool opportunity to educate them on First of all, the outdoors and, you know, the principles of leave no choice and enjoying the outdoors, but then also like how you probably already own a bike or you can borrow a bike. You probably own, probably already own a hammock or you can borrow a hammock and, and just keep it simple. Put the two together and go for an adventure and see where it takes yeah. you. And, and then realize that, you know what, there's nothing holding you back from going out and exploring the world, you know? And I think that's what I enjoy the most about bikepacking is it can be as simple as you want it to be. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think those are all the questions I have for you. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to share with our listeners, um, any other like words of advice or tips, or also if you want to talk a little bit more about your upcoming trip and kind of maybe how they can follow you on that um, journey. Perfect, yeah. Uh, so I guess the only other tips that I would have are always be willing to, and this probably goes for any kind of adventure or any kind of camping experience, like always be flexible um, and have like a backup plan. So I've had times where I've tried to plan staying somewhere and either they were out of camping spots or there's just couldn't get there. I couldn't get there in time. Um, you know, again, going back to what I was saying, all the research you can do on the front end can make it to where you have a successful trip. Um, so just planning ahead as much as possible so you can actually enjoy yourself yeah. and definitely enjoy yourself on the trip. I mean, yeah. I think that's the idea and it's that's, one. <laughs> that is rule, that really should be rule number one. And, and that's kind of where this trip that I'm going on now, this upcoming week, I'm really excited about because I'm going to be able to actually document my trip, um, through a, a couple different mediums. And, um, you know, I really want to do a good job of kind of explaining to people my travels as well as kind of giving people a view of my travels um, for the fact that maybe they can't travel themselves or they're curious or maybe they just want to see a part of the world they've never seen before and this is the way that they get to do it. Um, so I'll be documenting um, and posting some daily updates. Um, I have an Instagram account at um, J-E-A-L-E-X photo. So J-E-A-L-E-X 
photo. I can put that in the uh, show notes as well, Perfect. so listeners can Perfect. click on it there. <laughs> yeah, and I'll have um, I'll have some daily updates there as to where I'm going and what I've seen. And then um, in the next coming weeks, I'm actually looking to eventually, maybe not next week, but in a you know, let's say a month or so, like create possibly a YouTube channel or a ch an opportunity for me to gather the clips that I'm putting and the photos that I'm taking and combine them in a place where somebody can see, oh, well, these are the travels. This is what this trip looked like. These are her experiences in written word. And then, um, you know, it can give people the confidence to possibly take on a trip like that as well. And then also, I think mostly, hopefully inspire other travelers, especially women and um, people that identify as like anywhere under the under the rainbow. I was like, we need people and allies that are looking out for what we're doing um, and to see other people that look like you doing it, I think is really inspiring. And um, I think I'm also going to be doing like a little zine before the end of the year. Um, so, yeah. So I'm looking to um, combine my favorite of. Uh, bikepacking recipes, um, more than likely some plant-based recipes that are easy to travel with, um, and then also just some tidbits and, uh, you know, like a packing list of basically like what I like to bring, because that's always the most popular question is like, what's your packing list? Like, what did you bring? Um, and uh, yeah, and then and then and then you know some some maybe more like specific questions to your gender, like how do you how do you keep clean on like a, a multi-day trip, yeah. and how do you handle those types of hygiene questions? And I think those are really fun to to tackle in like a you know non-confrontational print medium, and I'll probably do like a digital version as well. Yeah. So I'll have a post to that in my um, at my Instagram once I get ready to do that. No, I think that's all very exciting because I think most of the conversations I've had regarding like personal hygiene while camping. Most of them are, you know, usually like one-on-one -on -one or small group settings because there's a lot of questions that people don't always like, especially women don't feel comfortable like asking or talking about in like a large group or if they're like with a bunch of guy friends, they're like, I don't know how to, you know, go about this. Um, so I think that's a great way to share that knowledge. It's gonna be fun. And it'll be great to just document my adventures and yeah. share those with people, whether I know them or I don't. Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited for um, your YouTube channel to start and for the zine, sign? Zine. <laughs> I'm like, how I always say it wrong? <laughs> um, yeah, so it looks like you have lots of fun things ahead of you. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you for chatting with me again today. Um, for everyone, I guess I didn't say this at the beginning, but this is round two of our interview. We <laughs> recorded once before this, uh, but we had some little recording issues. So this was round two, but it was still great to chat and we got to talk about some new things this time. So that's all very great. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, well, I hope y'all enjoyed this interview as much as I enjoyed interviewing Jessica. After the episode, she gave me a little tour of her bikepacking gear. We went through how she sets up her bike and her tent and different tents she's used previously. In the show notes, you will find several useful links. We put a link into bikepacking.com, hipcamp, and a Google document that Jessica put together that contains uh, the steps for a beginner-friendly bikepacking trip to McKinney Falls State Park. We also 
put Jessica's Instagram and that way you can follow her on her upcoming trip in Arkansas and all of her other ventures that she will be starting in the future. As always, you can reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns. Other than that, we hope you enjoyed this podcast and happy trails.